Leaving a Legacy is brought to you by hipstersofthecoast.com and can be found on the Top Deck app every Friday. You can support the show directly at patreon.com slash leavingalegacy. Magic is power. Welcome to another episode of Leaving a Legacy. My name is Patrick. I'm your legacy newbie. With me this week, as always, Mr. Jerry Mead. What's up, Jerry? Not much, Pat. How you doing? I'm doing all right, man. I'm doing okay. How are you? I'm good. I got some paper magic in this week, so oh, I was shit. pumped. Where'd you play? Uh, I played at uh, my buddy Mike's house. He had a okay. nice backyard barbecue and had a bunch of people over, and we got a draft in. So Nice. It wasn't legacy, but I got I got to handle some paper cards. And, and how know, was that, uh, man? Let me tell you, it's been a while since I'd smell that <laughs> that new pack smell in yeah, person. Yeah. I, f- I forgot how good that smells. Nice. You know, it goes like like top tier new pack smell, then like new puppy smell and then like new car smell. That's my tier sure. list of new smells. <laughs> yep. OK, that's fair. Yeah, that's good. That's a good list, I think. Yeah, that's pretty inclusive. Yep. But uh, yeah, we drafted Cal time. And uh, how was that? I forgot how good the set that is to draft. Like, it's a lot of fun. Like, yeah. you, it kind of it, it has like some pretty complex uh, decks that you can build. Uh, we ended up drafting twice. Uh, the first time I drafted like a black red aggro suicide deck. Mm-hmm. And then the second time I drafted just like five color hodgepodge because uh, <laughs> I got I got the god that's like it costs uh, one of every color to play. Mm-hmm. And then it's just an enchantment that at the beginning of your upkeep, you reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal a uh, uh, creature planeswalker card and then put that into play. Oh, okay. Well, that seems great for that seems great for drafts. Yeah, if you can get you know five colors. But... Well, yeah, that's, true. <laughs> <laughs> that's the drawback, right? So that was like my pack one, pick one, and then from there I'm like, well, looks like I'm dra- grabbing like every mana fixing that gets. I was gonna to say, me. how is how how are the lands in call time? Are there like a lot of dual lands or tri lands or anything? Yeah, they have the uh, what I forget what they're called, but they're the dual ice lands. So okay. they're they're like snow covered dual lands that come into play tapped. Okay. Uh, so there's that, and then are there's those also, are those like uncommons. Uh, they're either commons or uncommons. Oh, okay. Um, and then there's also uh, an enchantment that's the you know Utopia Sprawl, like throw it on a land and it turns mm-hmm. it in, it turns it into a snow land that produces you know one extra snow mana. Yep. Nice. Uh, so yeah, it was uh, it was a great time getting some drafts in because I haven't I haven't done a paper draft in like probably over a year. Really? I think like I've drafted a bunch of magic online, but it's just not the same. Mm-hmm. So what what is the like um, what is the etiquette in your draft group of like, do you like do you all pay money and like keep the cards? Or do you just give them to whoever opens, whoever bought the box? No, usually it's like one person's like, hey, guys, I bought this box and I don't want to just crack it. <laughs> so yeah. like we'll just draft that person's box and then we'll just all give uh, the cards back to them nice. at the end of the okay. draft. And it was good for him because he bought he got a foil like gold spun dragon or whatever, which is the most valuable card in that set. So, oh, sweet, sweet. <laughs> which is good for him because I was looking at the prices of Cal time. Cal time price is not that great. No, <laughs> not that great. <laughs> it's definitely going to be one of those sets where it's like the box has a high value down the road because it is such a fun set to draft. Yeah. But once you open it, it's going to be like worthless. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cause interesting. Like, it's just like, unless you get that, that 
that you know golden pick it's just not gonna be enough to make up for the price of it yeah that makes sense yeah <laughs> but that was uh that was my little uh magic adventure this week nice that's awesome well we have a, a guest on who's been on his own magic adventure lately you want to uh, bring him into the chat cherry hell yeah i'm always ready to bring in Tony Scapone. <laughs> What's up, Tony? How you been? Not much, man. Doing good. Good to be here. Glad to be here. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been like, what, like a year now? Really? Uh, Close to yeah, probably yeah. at least like seven or eight months, something like that. Yeah, I, definitely. I think like at least 10 months since the last time we've been on. But um, mm. uh, yeah, I wanted to talk to you about uh, your your baby without you've been running through the leagues, uh, though. I believe you've changed the name on us again. Uh, previously, it was uh, uh, Ruby Storm. Now, what is it like? Ruby Epic Ultra Mega Lord Storm. Is that the is that the new name? <laughs> well, it used to be the the Epic Ruby Storm. Oh, of okay. course. <laughs> now, getting that br- that branding from Brian. I see. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it. You know, I, I basically mashed Ruby Storm together with uh, a bunch of the, the just like no brainer, really powerful stuff that the Epic Storm was abusing. And uh, it 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 seemed like a, a reasonable name to to give it. Although now we are the Epic Gamble. <laughs> <laughs> it flows off the tongue nicely. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> so um, now, obviously, you've been playing events with this. Are you playing in paper events with this or has it been all on Magic Online? Oh yeah, and paper. I okay. actually top aided uh, your leaving a legacy the last tournament with. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, very that's similar right. list. That, that's why we had him on. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's, yeah. So that was like, what was that <laughs> like last April? Don't mind Pat and his early onset Alzheimer's. <laughs> oh well, no, it's yeah, basically, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, I'm trying to think. When was was it April of last year? Does that seem I right? Had, well, I, I did a write up on it, and which is in the resources section of Discord, which I'm opening Discord right now, so I can mm-hmm. tell you. Top, I can tell you exactly when the last time I was on too. Okay, four thirty twenty one. Okay, so, yeah, so like, like yeah, like a little a little over a year, about a year ago. Yeah, and then Dang. the the leaving a legacy tournament was uh, almost the beginning of September, the very end of August. Okay. That's awesome. So, so this is a little bit different than the list you were running for that event. Is that correct? Um, not much different at all. Okay. This for that event, I was running the Epic Gamble, a, a couple like you know flex slots that I've been playing with, but it was mm-hmm. it's pretty much the the same deck. It hasn't really changed that much over the past, um, you know, six seven months or so. Okay. Okay. I'd say that the main change and evolution from the last time that I was here, basically the difference between the Epic Ruby Storm and the Epic Gamble is uh, the biggest thing is is getting rid of Ruby Medallion. Right, the, right. The changes that that naturally go along with that. So what is that? Is that just like more like uh, zero man artifacts or what? what is the, you know, when you were repl- when you take out the Ruby Medallions, what is the what is the price you're paying for that, so to speak? So traditional Ruby Storm and then even the epic ruby storm even though the epic ruby storm kind of moved a little away from uh, it you know it didn't play bonus round it, it moved a little bit away from these bigger spells but was still relying upon ruby medallion and uh, what is primarily these these bigger spells right mm-hmm. these three mana uh, seething song jessica's will uh reforge the soul ignite the future these are three four five mana spells that uh you know, with a Ruby medallion in play, it just become pretty broken, you know, yeah. very quickly. Yeah. 
um, I, I but without a, the card in play, maybe mm-hmm. not so much sometimes. What's up? Yeah, I can definitely uh, see where you're coming from with that too, because this past week I dusted off an old deck, uh, the punishing thing in the ice deck uh, that I ran. And oh, yeah. uh, uh, that deck runs Sapphire Medallion. And it was like night and day for that deck between like having a Sapphire Medallion in play and not having a Sapphire Medallion in play. Like I had opponents playing to fairies just to bounce the sapphire medallion knowing the teferi is going to die that that next turn because wow. just getting the sapphire medallion off the table is that important to him um but yeah I, I definitely get what you're saying as far as like if you have it in play you're on top of the world and if you don't have it in play you're just kind of like sitting there uh, twiddling your thumbs <laughs> mm. yep actually it's it's a funny story how it kind of came about for me like winding up cutting ruby medallion um I was actually just playing around with diamond lion because I thought it'd be funny to have an eight diamond deck. I don't know if you're familiar with diamond lion. Yeah. Uh, that's the, the eight, lion's eye diamond spiral. It's the lion's eye diamond creature, right? Yeah. Yeah. What cost, set was that from two colorless? Uh, I'm not sure which set, but I believe it's a two. Oh, two, or is it a one? one? Okay. I think it's a two, two. Yes, I thought it was, a, two, I thought two. it was a, is it two, two? Oh, I thought it was a two, one, but okay. It might be. Uh, no, it's two, two, two. It's okay. Two, two. Right. So, I, I mean, obviously the big draw to the card is it's lines of diamond, but then yeah. the big draw back is the fact that it's summoning sickness. So you got to, so it, it's funny because the first time I, I like built this on uh, Moto, the, it was going to be a meme, right? Like eight diamond. I think it yeah. played some faithless looting, some gamble, just kind of lean harder into the echo van's plan. Um, and I even had one or two anger, right? Okay. But I forgot to put Mountain back in the deck. <laughs> <laughs> so they're definitely like that first time where like I sack uh, an existing Lion's Eye Diamond and like, yeah, sick, we're going to do the thing. And then just, oh, no. nope, anger does nothing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, I at least further legitimized the deck by putting, or I think I just took anger out. Mm-hmm. Anyways. You know, upon playing a number more matches, some leagues with it, I was actually winning more. It was performing better than my previous iterations with Ruby Medallion. Hmm. So, and I, I didn't really say, okay, Diamond Lions busted. That's the card. I, I understood that wasn't the card that was doing yeah. it. It was more so just kind of this shell that I had created to to push uh, that gamble uh, style and mm-hmm. the shell that. You, you can push yourself into once you remove Ruby medallion. Cause really it's like a crutch almost. It's like, right. You have to play these big spells that if Ruby medallion is not in play, they're just not that good. Like seething, right. eh, seething song, you know, finds its place, I suppose, but like reforge the soul ignite the future. Do you even know what ignite the future does off the top of your? Nope. <laughs> right. That's Gary I mean, might, but not me. Yeah. Ignite the future. It sounds familiar, but I could not tell you for the life of me what it does. So reckless impulse kind of puts it to shame. Really. It's a four mana. It's a three and one red mm-hmm. sorcery that it's an act on impulse. So you get to reveal the top or exile the top three and you can play them but until next turn, right? So you don't, you're not, you don't have to play them this turn. You can play yep. them next turn. Uh, and then it has a flashback for eight, seven, and one red, mm-hmm. uh, where it does the same thing, except you don't even have to pay the mana cost of those cards. It, it's like a big spell. You know, it gives you uh, something to do with all this like extra mana and stuff. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's a four mana 
sorcery that's right. only flipping three cards on its most frequent use, mm-hmm. where like Reckless Impulse costs two and does two. So obviously that's more on rate for like a legacy right. uh, playable card. So like finding finding sinks for all the mana that like Ruby Medallion can discount you made the deck a little bit weaker overall, basically. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, especially like uh, Prismatic Ending wasn't printed then mm-hmm. uh, until like towards the end of when I was playing that card. And it just it's just another reason why Ruby Medallion hasn't really aged well you know mm-hmm. ruby medallion past isn't quite what it used to be which is a funny sentence to say in and of mm-hmm. itself but is it but aren't like the cards that you replaced it with kind of just as susceptible to prismatic ending because you know you went up on like things like grim monolith and other like mana rocks and don't those also just get hit by the prismatic ending uh yes and no i mean primarily no because by running all these really low costs by by pushing our mana curve lower and lower down we are super fast usually Mm -hmm. we just we don't care about ending because we kill you before you're going to cast it Mm -hmm. or we relayed for enough where it doesn't really matter too much um but mostly the first thing we're we're essentially a belcher deck we're the second fastest competitive deck in the format next to oops all spells and i wouldn't even say oops is really all that competitive anymore so you might even just be the fastest legit and like actually kill you deck not like reanimator goes off turn one but then passes the turn with some monsters in play like you know lethal is on the stack so yeah just going for those i can see that then you know prismatic ending does take a little bit to kind of get going mm-hmm. uh, but it, it it is good against us still you know it's not like we're going off turn one every time you know what i mean it's not like we always have huge relays. Sometimes we relay for four or five and we're kind of bottlenecked on mana. And yeah, they hit our lion's eye diamond with a prismatic ending and we flounder. Like it, it happens. The card is good against us. You know, it hits defense grid. It, mm-hmm. We're running Grim Monolith. Like it's it, it, sometimes they can hit our crucial Chrome Mox and take us off Metalcraft and, you know, essentially three for one us. Like it's, it's definitely an annoying card. <laughs> <laughs> for sure for sure uh so let's talk about the sideboard a little bit what major changes have you made to that um i'm trying to think what i used to run in the sideboard the or... ruby storm i mean it's <laughs> uh, honestly not even too much as far as changes go i'd say the biggest thing in terms of a change is our choice of removal uh in mono red you really don't have too much uh in in terms of you know, removal, obviously we can blow mm-hmm. up artifacts, but things like deafening silence, uh, ley line in the void. Those are probably the two things that concern us the most. And uh, you can either go with, or, or I used to think you could go with two options, either just ignore that sort of stuff with mono red, or you could play something like blast zone or um, engineered explosives to at least answer uh, deafening silence. They produce, we're, we are pretty much mono red, but we produce enough blue where still not an ideal choice, but I think our best choice is just the bounce bounce spells. Void Snare, Echoing Truth. Yeah, so let's talk about that because 
over Magic's uh, many years, there have been a lot of bounce spells printed. And, you know, even today there's choices as far as, you know, which bounce spell you want to use. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's come a long way from the humble boomerang days. Uh, you know, <laughs> how, do you, how do you choose which bounce spells you want to run? Um, well, I think if you just even look at other Stormbacks that have uh, historically used bounce spells, or if you just want to do like a search and go through them all and stuff, uh, Echoing Truth and um, Chain of Vapor are the two strongest. The one cost, two cost. Yeah. Usually you, you vary mm -hmm. them for purposes of things like Chalice, Meddling Mage, uh, it, you know, things that, that prevent you from casting spells based on cost, name, mm -hmm. uh, card type, uh, that sort of thing. Um, and I would actually be running Chain of Vapor if I could, but it is actively bad for the deck. We run Cause permanent. Cause, yeah, because you have so many more permanents than regular Storm decks do. Yeah, that we really can't afford to get bounced. We don't want our Bergy or our Horn or our Defense Grid. You know what I mean? So, and, you know, it's not for nothing that, like, the fact that Void Snare is a sorcery and can be gotten with Burning Wish uh, is not enough to run it over Chain of Vapor. Otherwise, you would see it in uh, a number of other Storm decks. Uh, but since we are here with Void Snare, and that is the card that we're that we're pushed into, uh, it's not for nothing that you can get it. Uh, for instance, if you have a Bergy in play, Burning Wish actually winds up becoming a ritual if you have something like an active uh, Mox Opal or even an active Grim Monolith, right? Because your Burning Wish only costs one with a Bergy in play. Your Void Snare is free. And then you bounce, say, a Mox Opal, right? You replay the Mox Opal, you get one from the Bergy trigger, and then another when it comes down, and it even refixes your mana. Uh, sometimes you can recycle it into that black that you need for a Tendrils. It's, uh, it, it comes up. Or you bounce your, you make a ton of mana, you have mm -hmm. no more action, but you have a ton of mana, some dead cards in your hand, and you wind up going and getting Void Snare and bouncing your Bergy back into your hand, only to flip it back around into that horn, and then just ditch those dead cards into two fresh ones per. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, so I actually opened a Bergy, because Bergy's from Cal Time, and I actually opened it in our draft. Um, so I got to play with it in the draft sense. But for our listeners who don't know, uh, Bergy's two and a red for a three, three. And then it's whenever you cast a spell add a red, uh, to your mana pool until end of turn. And then it has a, it's a flip card. And on the other side, you can cast it and it's an artifact for what is it? Five, four, four. red. Yeah. Yeah. Four and a red. And what is it? It's like discard a card, draw two cards. If I forget what the backside does, it's, it's discard a card to activate. And per each activation, you can exile two cards off of the the top of your library and you mm -hmm. can play them this turn. Gotcha. Yep. So how do you decide, uh, you know, during this, the, during the game, you know, which, which side you're going to go for Bergy? Cause you know, both of them are, uh, are pretty effective and it's not like you're running like a ton of bounce spells that you get to kind of change your mind. Uh, no, I mean, oftentimes you end up with both in play, which listen, if you get uh, both of these cards true. in play, <laughs> it, it feels a lot like cheating. Yeah. <laughs> and it, I, I didn't even think of that just because it's a legendary creature, but then I realized like, nope, other side's a different card. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, it all depends on the context of your hand, how much mana you have. Uh, for instance, uh, a draw seven plus horn, you win the game. You know what I mean? It's like it, it's maybe a little less likely than appear into the abyss, but you pretty much win the game. I think the only times that I've lost uh, after drawing seven with a horn in play is the combination of getting unlucky 
and like not having a grid in play and my opponent mm-hmm. is a tempo deck and I'm tapped out. Yep. <laughs> you know, like I draw my Delver opponent into seven cards and sure I have 14, but I just don't hit the mana that I need. And you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but for the most part, you're going to, you're going to win off of 14 cards with this deck and it's better than 14, right? You draw seven, mm-hmm. right? And then you pitch, you discard, you activate your horn and discard, you know, the truly redundant or dead cards from your hand. Mm -hmm. And then you can choose to play any number that are still in your hand, but you know, and you kind of, you kind of go down this path where you, it's a nice little, little maze that Mm -hmm. usually results in just like, you know, activating and ditching six of your cards and maybe keeping the lines I diamond that's in your hand, or, you know, you flip 12 and there's no burning wish and, but you have the burning wish in your hand. It's, Yeah, I could see that. So um, let me see what else is kind of. Can I ask about your sideboard real quick? Sure. So I see you have the four empties in the sideboard. Um, Mm -hmm. So that that makes me think like because obviously this is a wish deck. So when are you bringing them in main deck? Like what matchups are you bringing those in main deck? Uh, Primarily it's for Delver. It's the best way to fight Delver. Um, But there are some like, for instance, Jeskai tempo as well. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, any of the Jeskai decks, we, we tend to win. Say, for example, against Jeskai, like if I win game one, which usually I do, um, I'm not going to bring him in on the draw against them because mm-hmm. they probably figure I'm going to bring him in. And then uh, if they see a large portion of my deck, boom, I can hit them with it on you know game three player draw does make a difference sometimes against delver it's player draw doesn't matter mm-hmm. they know i'm running it doesn't matter like i'm always bringing it in there 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 are some other matchups and scenarios <clears throat> in which i'm i'm going to bring it in but for the most part it's almost entirely for delver how often are you going to empty for like six or eight goblins versus like you know like the actual like you know full 10 or full, you know, 20 or whatever. Like how many, like how often are you going to just get like a good, like, you know, six or eight power on the board just to cut turns off the clock basically. Hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, it really depends uh, on openers. Usually it's somewhere between uh, like openers with when I'm bringing an empty mm-hmm. into the main deck and it's in my opening hand, usually yeah. it's going to be six, eight, 10, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's coming off a burning wish, it's usually somewhere around the 10, 12, 14 range. And then, Heck, if we, I, I mean, for the most part, what we do is we we cast Echo Vans. We spin the wheel, do it multiple times. Yep. Almost every single game. Okay. I, I'm talking two, three, four, five times where we're spinning the wheel. And one of the strong suits to that is obviously you're racking up your storm. So right. you could very well empty for a, a, a buttload. I like that. That's one of the right, nice parts I about that, having... I forget that Echo has flashback. I don't... I. It's been so long since I've played like Paper Magic. I just I totally forget that it's you oh, can yeah. flash it back. So yeah, I should probably uh, we probably should have started with this, but the, just like the the general you know quick like rundown. If if no one's seen the deck, like, yeah, what does yeah, it do? Yeah, How yeah, does definitely. it operate? Sort of thing. So the the big thing, and you know, previous iterations of this type of deck leaned on Ruby Medallion and kind of abused that. Right? We mm-hmm. don't have that. What we do primarily is cast Echo Veons, right? Through, of course, the broken synergy between it and Lion's Eye Diamonds. And the deck is really just ripe with redundancy for those two cards. Mm -hmm. Of course, we have Echo and LED themselves. 
Uh, we also have gamble, which can, if we have a lion's eye diamond, it just goes and gets echo. It's not a gamble, right? Because we're right. putting all the cards in the graveyard anyways. Right. So we just have additional copies of echo Veons provided we have a lion's eye diamond. If it's the other way around, sure, we're taking a gamble, but oftentimes it's not a huge gamble. Maybe it's a one in six we'd lose, one in five, one in four. Even at worst, if you have an echo Veons, right, it's at least a 50-50 to get that LED. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we also have... Burning Wish, which is, of course, redundancy because it, we can get Echo Vans from our sideboard. We can also get Gamble, which can in turn get Echo, get, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Say, it actually comes up a lot, right? Picture you have Bergy in play, right? You, ca- you cast Burning Wish. It only costs one because you get one back from, mm-hmm. right? Then you cast Gamble, which is essentially free. If you're Hellbent, which this deck is very good at doing, just dumping its hand, going Hellbent, doing exactly what i'm describing here so you cast mm-hmm. that gamble and when you're hellbent and you cast gamble you're essentially just adding it it's like a time twister that costs one more except yeah. if you have bergy in play it doesn't cost one more in fact it's free like i said right and then you cast the echo veons which doesn't even cost two it costs i mean it doesn't even cost three it costs two because you're getting mm-hmm. one back from bergy so it's just like a, a burning wish what that costs one gambles free echo costs two so Burning Wish is literally time twister if you have Berkey in play mm-hmm. and a gamble in your sideboard and your hellbent. Yeah, that's I mean, that's just kind of what the deck does. And of course, we have protection in the form of defense grid, quite right. literally and obviously. But also we have three galvanic relay in the main deck, right? Yep. We are we are the relay deck. The Epic Storm plays it uh, four copies in the 75, but it plays them on the sideboard. It brings them in in certain matchups. Obviously, it has access to it with Burning Wish, uh, but we play it in the main deck because we can abuse it the most because we're, we spin the wheel, we spin the wheel, and even if we're against the blue deck, right? Even if they counter our defense grid, picture this. You, you play an Ancient Tomb turn one, right? You cast defense grid. Even if they counter it, then you go LED, LED, Echo, right? Mm-hmm. Unless they have double force, sure. But if they don't, Boom, now you're drawing seven. You have yep. three open. All you have to do is draw a relay at that point. Even if you had no other spells to cast, you're going to relay for at least four, five, six, and you have cards in your hand. Yep. You know, so we can abuse that. And sometimes grid just resolves. And right. <laughs> it seems to me there's going to be certain uh, cards that you'll just hate to see because it kind of just throws a monkey wrench in this engine. Like the one that kind of jumps to mind is. Uh, uh, Narset or like Hole Breacher. What are what are the things like you're most afraid of uh, resolving against you? Sure. So uh, I do I do get this a lot. Like, what do you do about Narset? What do you do about Hole Breacher? Uh, first thing, our you know Plan A for that sort of strategy is we're just going to go under it. Yep. Now, obviously, the decks that are playing those cards are usually playing Force Will, and those games can tend to get grindy, and we can get pushed into a Narset, and they have lost my fair share of games to that effect of course um but one like i said oftentimes often enough we just go under it um we can empty uh we do have bergy which is a three three it does uh you know they can't just play a narset you know what i mean like they have to have uh, oftentimes just a a bergy on board means they can't just play it and activate you know because it's just going to get hit yeah, that's true. The decks playing Narset and Whole Breacher don't necessarily always have, a, you know, other creatures to back them up. Right. 
And then even then we have four main deck shatter skull smashing, right? So those kill creatures, those kill uh, Narset. Of course, Hull Breacher does have flash, but we, we have a way of drawing them out. If we can get a defense grid in play, then they have to play it. They can't like surprise us with it. Yep. Uh, and then we can kill it. Um, but again, like I said, I've, I've been, you know, you can't play around everything all the time. And mm-hmm. sometimes you, your best line is, Hey, if they have it, they have it. And you know, you go on to the next game. Uh, but we're certainly not just, uh, you know, cold to the card. Nice. Yeah. So that is true. You know, you, some, you, you're right. You can't worry about everything. You know, sometimes you just have to accept your losses and, and live with them. But right. And there's also, I mean, sometimes we literally just play around it. Like I've won plenty of games with that card in play, right? We have relay, main deck relay. So we literally have a built in, very effective card engine that doesn't care about Narset or Hulk Breacher for that matter. We have 4X Reckless Impulse, which are essentially draw twos that get around that effect. We also have Horn, which is another uh, draw engine that completely gets around that that effect so we have you know we just to recap we go under it we can kill them uh those cards whole breacher and narset and we can just ignore it sometimes that being said you know those are your your kind of worst nightmare matchups what are just your your absolute best you know what decks are you curb stomping uh what's it called mono green post very very easy matchup uh it's (laughs) it's pretty much unwinnable for them uh in the first game and then post board, they're bringing in like we just we don't even change our 60 when we play against them because we actually want the grids typically in those like green mm-hmm. matchups. You don't want defense grid, but the only thing that they can like their their uh, their sideboard tech is all on the stack. So their sideboard tech is mind break trap. It's uh, force of vigor and it's um, endurance which endurance, we don't really even care too much about anyways. And mm-hmm. then the other two, we just play a grid and then we kill them. It's not like force a will where we play the grid, they force it. We play that, you know, and it's like that game. No, we play the grid and then nice. we just kill them the next turn. <laughs> uh, what, what about something like, like eight mulch? Like, I feel like you'd probably have a good match against that unless I'm mistaken. Uh, we do. We really did when they first, started playing the deck because they had like no hate for us they've kind of they're, they're little... like they're like baby seals you know stumbling around and you just came over and clubbed them is, is what i'm hearing you know yeah. they're trying to get their footing and you're just like yeah. no 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 siri <laughs> yeah pretty much <laughs> but now they they're bringing in kind of the same types of things that regular lands players were doing anyways uh, you know a nice mix of mind break trap and sphere effects and the red blast here and there you know, so it's not game one is is pretty easy, but it's not a walk in the park post board. Basically, if you if you tend to if you happen to lose game one, it can be difficult to close two post board games. And sometimes you just keep a slow, you know, sometimes you look at a, a slow defense grid hand and you say, well, you know, more than 50 percent of the decks out there are blue. This is pretty good against blue. And then it's lands and you get wastelanded a couple of times and lose. Certainly happens. So I also noticed you're running the split of the one volcanic island, one fiery islet. Is that just, you know, sometimes you want to be able to draw an extra card or is there there's something else there? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I've played hundreds of matches with double fiery islet. There, there is the, the fact actually now that Besaju is a thing. So it's nice to have a, a card that you can search up for Besaju. Because uh, 
I don't know if you, how much experience you have with Besaju, but you don't. It's not like a uh, ghost quarter where you have to get a basic. Yeah, you can grab uh, just it's any land type. So, yeah, okay. I, I yeah, I right. forgot about that. But so he, that works. Even be- before Besaju existed, I was running the split. Um, it's just really painful, right? Like we run, mm-hmm. we we run the ancient tombs. We also run four X Shatter Skull Smashing. So like we I was about to ask about that card. <laughs> yeah, we like pain. Yeah, like self inflicted pain. We love. Yeah, how, how bad does it feel? Like so, Shatter Skull Smashing is that like just because it obviously doesn't target players? Is that just there to, to like to get rid of like pesky creatures, or how often are you like dealing damage to planeswalkers? So. It's really nice that you can mm-hmm. uh, creatures and planeswalkers, either or or uh, both. Um, but its primary reason is the same reason you see those cards in Oops All Spells, uh, which is that you need the highest Chrome Mox uh, efficacy possible. Okay. Like, and it's even more important for us than it is for a deck like Oops All Spells or even Belcher, because whatever amount of importance you put on uh, your openers, you know, having Chrome mocks that aren't dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, we look at multiple openers every single game, you know, so it, just multiply it by, by multiple, you know what I mean? Okay. And not only does Shatter Skull help those Chrome mocks and turn into mana sources, mm-hmm. um, but also you're, you get to exile undesirables, right? So, and, and that really helps over time as you echo again and again, especially because as you echo again and again, you're exiling echoes, you're exiling burning wishes. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, sometimes you're forced to imprint cards that you would want to redraw. And it's, it's important to be able to kind of counteract that. And it really does make a difference. You know what I mean? You know how you think, Oh, I'm going to fetch so I can thin my deck of, so I can not draw land this, this one or two, or, you know what I mean? Yep. Well, when you keep drawing cards over and over again, it, it becomes uh, more and more important. Gotcha. Okay. So, th- so that's that's also like, besides like the the utility of it, it's also just Chrome Mox fodder essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Do you ever have to play it as the land side? Have you ever played it as the land side? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's. I mean, if you if you look, you'll notice. First off, we're only an eleven land deck, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And five of those are non-red. Right. Right. So there's only six red sources uh, from lands, uh, four of which are Shatter Skulls. So mm-hmm. it is the, uh, you know, a, a big chunk of our, our, our red sources. We gotcha. play them all the time. Okay. Tapped, untapped, you know. Yep. Yep. Okay. So with that said, what, what's the math look like on mulligans is what I'm trying to work out. Like it is, is the mulligan uh, decision kind of different from your usual deck? Like how, how do you judge you have enough mana? So mulliganing is one of the most important things with this deck. And it really depends on what you're playing against, right? So if you're, if you're not playing against the blue deck and especially game one, uh, so you know there's no meaningful interaction or there's no force of will, um, you can mulligan down to LED Echo. Right. So if I know my, you know, if I go to FNM and I know my opponent is is playing lands, like I'm not going to keep a medium five card hand. You know what I mean? Uh, why would I keep a medium five card hand when I can have four, three, two? That's three uh mulligans to to find LED Echo. Or not even necessarily LED Echo. How about 
red source gamble led you know there's i should check the exact math but i can tell you just from playing the deck a ton that if you mulligan all the way down to two and don't find led echo it's very unlucky (laughs) so the the quote-unquote new mulligan it's not really new anymore but uh the quote-unquote new mulligan rule just like extremely helped this game this deck's uh you know, plan like if they ever choose the mulligan, change the mulligan rule again, you're probably gonna have to like rethink the entire deck. Or is it? Or am I like overemphasizing that interaction? Um, I, it, it would it would be a a huge nerf to the deck if they went back. <laughs> I, I, I've only played the deck with the mulligan rule in place, um, but yeah, it, we we definitely love it. Sweet. Uh, so what do you have coming up for uh, the deck? Are you just kind of grinding magic online leagues? Uh, you know, we have the leaving a Lacey event coming up that we're going to talk about in a little bit, but any other plans to kind of put the deck through its paces? Yeah. So I, I basically had a sideboard guide finished for the past like three or four months, but there's been a, a, a few like very small things that have been not necessarily decided up until now in fact i just did a video with bryant last night and we were talking about how it just it feels like this is kind of the 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 final stage of the deck um so i gotta get to it but uh a sideboard guide should be available pretty like very soon in the next i really all i gotta do is sit down and spend maybe another two hours on it i just haven't uh haven't haven't gotten to it but that's that's the very next thing I mean, I've been this past season uh, grinding a bit. About halfway through, I realized mm-hmm. that uh, I could I could very easily like trophy race and and take the the race, and I did wind up winning, which uh, felt pretty good. It was only twenty four trophies, which oh, that's if it. The, if uh, <laughs> well, if the, re- if the real like trophy racers trophies. were out there, like you know, I, I wouldn't have had, and I wouldn't have had to put myself through that that misery. But <laughs> <laughs> you know what's so funny is everyone I've talked to who's been who's been like trophy leader has been like, ah, I was close and decided to push for it because I was so close, but in the end, I didn't like it at all. I didn't like the grind. It's like. <laughs> This is yep. really funny to me. I think Tom Hep said the like very similar thing to us. You yeah. gotta you gotta suffer for your art, Pat. Suffer for your art. <laughs> I suppose, man. I guess, yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Well, anything else you wanna kind of say about the deck to close it out before we kind of move on to the next uh, LAL open? Uh yeah. It's. Uh, I mean, if you love drawing seven cards and you're sick of playing with Grizzle Brands, then just play the Epic Gamble instead. You get to draw seven <laughs> cards like. A bunch of times. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell real. yeah. But no, it's 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 really fast. So it is a very good league deck. Like you can if you're looking to grind to like make money, it's a great deck for that. It's not it's not a meme. Like it's it's a real deck. There's just not enough people uh playing it mm-hmm. as of yet. I mean, uh, I'll put it this way. I only play one challenge a month. The past four out of five, I've at least top 32'd. A couple of them were were top 32s, a top eight, a challenge win. And then I think I scrubbed out of uh, one of them. Um, and that's but, a pretty that's a pretty good record, I got to say. Yeah. And the past three large paper tournaments I went to, um, or the past two, I'm sorry, the the pit open, I got in 32nd. That was like 300 and whatever players. I went six, two, and one. Of course, I top eighted, you're leaving a legacy. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, if you love Storm and you're sick of the two Storm decks that are out there right now, uh, get on board with the Epic Gamble. <laughs> Sweet. Awesome. Well, uh, let's get into the new LAL Open, Pat, because we got some uh, some more announcements to make about it. Okay. Yeah, go through them. Uh, so just to reiterate for everyone, we're having the next Leaving a Legacy Open in beautiful Acton, Massachusetts, uh, at Gaming Etc., which is the store we always have it at. Uh, you know, we love the people there, love the venue, uh, really excited to bring it back. Uh, June 25th, Pat. Mm-hmm. Uh, right we settled the on the date right around the corner, June 25th. Uh, so, uh, you know, put it on your calendars now. Um, it's going to be a uh, $75 uh, entry because we really want to make sure it hits a, uh, you know, a 5k, mm-hmm. um, you know, as always uh, gaming, et cetera, uh, does, you know, prize payout uh, based on attendees, you know, every person who signs up, you know, that, that money's going into the pot, the more people we get, the higher that pot gets. And, uh, you know, we really want to make sure it hits a 5k. Uh, so uh, $75 entry on June 25th. And then, of course, we're going to kind of keep it in the same leaving lacy flavor, do all kind of the extra stuff that we love doing. Yeah. Um, we're still going to do the uh, the headhunters. Actually, Tony, if uh, if you make another appearance, I'm sure uh, we'll have you be a headhunter, uh, being a, a former top eighter of, uh, of past events. And basically what that means is the headhunters are going to be uh, handed envelopes. And if you are able to defeat the headhunter in single combat, <laughs> in the tournament uh just the game you know don't actually you know uh like well, shank, shank. Well, oh, i mean yeah i guess technically, technically. I, would, I would like to see some bare knuckle fights break out that'd be pretty fucking awesome liven it up a little bit <laughs> so if you defeat the headhunter in single combat you will receive an envelope uh in the past we used to do like old uh booster packs like we did things like you know, Ice Age packs and Onslaught packs. And uh, we did like some Urza Saga packs and just a whole bunch of cool packs from Magic's history. But I don't know if you've noticed, Pat and Tony, uh, the booster pack market has kind of gone insane over the last year too. Everything's gone insane, man. Everything's insane. Like packs that we used to get for like $25 are now going for like $200. Yeah. Yeah. So while the booster packs, I don't think anyone really wants like standard booster packs, like that's kind of the the bane of every legacy player. So mm-hmm. instead of doing the kind of normal booster packs that we're doing, I think what we're going to do is instead take the money we would normally spend uh, on booster packs. And instead, we're going to put that towards store credit. Yeah. And we're going to stuff the envelopes with uh, random amounts of store credit. I think, you know. Five dollar, ten dollar, twenty dollar, and I think Pat, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do some spicy hundred dollars store Ooh, credits. Okay, all right. Uh, and speaking of that, Pat, you want to kind of talk about uh, our Patreon as well because you know all the money that we we put towards the event, you know the the booster packs, the prizes we get for the raffles. Um, you know, all the equipment for streaming, you know, all mm-hmm. of that kind of comes uh, from our Patreon. So, yeah, Pat, yeah. Pat. So definitely like we saw, like we've seen a little bit of a drop off over the last like, year or so just with the pandemic and stuff. I'm sure people like have had to, you know, adjust their financial priorities. And that's 
totally, totally fine. Absolutely understand. Like nine you know, percent inflation. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's brutal, <laughs> it's right? Under, it's understandable. Yeah, we, we get it that so, uh, groceries come before leaving a legacy. <laughs> yeah, of course. And that being said, you know, like leaving legacy, like the show will always be free for anyone who wants to hear it. Like that'll never, like the show will never be behind a paywall. That's not what we're about. So none of that's ever changing. Um, but we did want to encourage people that if it, you know, if you wanted to support the show directly, I know that there's always a little blurb in the beginning of the show, but this is kind of us reaching out and saying, like, if you want to help the show out directly and again, help put money into those tournaments, um, also help us, like we said, with streaming gear, things like that. Um, you can support the show at patreon.com slash leaving a legacy. Um, I will admit I've been super slacking on some of the rewards, so I'm hoping I'm laid off right now. So I should have a few weeks to like get some stuff out there. So um, between side work and all the other stuff I'm doing right now, I'll get some time to uh, set aside and mail out a bunch of stuff. Bunch of I think I have some play mats on deck um, and thank you cards, stuff like that. So stickers, tokens, all that stuff. So um, if you haven't gotten yours and you really need it for something, put, give me a poke. But I'm hoping to get you know. Uh, that all that stuff squared away in the next in the next few weeks but um again if you want to support the show um we have a bunch of different tiers on there patreon.com slash living legacy it is much appreciated it definitely like for sure pays for our editing which we pay every week so at the bare minimum that makes that makes the show go like if if we weren't able to pay our editor the show would probably come to a halt because i just don't have time to especially when i'm working I don't have time to edit the shows between between work and school. So and, um, and, and Justin is bougie, so he he gets he's the fanciest. Shoot. Yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> his cats only eat fancy feasts. So, you know, there's no no dry food for the cats yeah, in his fa- house. Fancy feast three times a day. His vet yeah, tells fancy, him that is uh it's not good for the cats. Fancy feast only, <laughs> only like the rarest, you know, a, 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 you know, beautiful pristine rivers in Alaska. He gets the copper river salmon for his cats and they get only the best Jerry. They get only the best. You know? Yeah. I mean, don't forget the caviar three times a week as well. Yeah. It's important <laughs> for their coats. It's important for their coats. Yeah. So. The, the, the cat VR as, yeah. I, as I call it. <laughs> but no, seriously, Justin, um, Justin does great work and he, does, he, yeah. he earns every penny. So uh, definitely helps the Patreon, uh, you know, to have us be able to, you know, continue to pay him and yeah. get his great editing. Yep. And, and, you know, so the basically the support level we're at right now basically covers our editor. So anything above and beyond that, we get to put right back into uh, into the stuff that we do. So that's the you know, the opens and all that stuff and getting out to events if we can <laughs> when, when that when that does occur, uh, that helps defray some of those costs as well. So, um, again, that's the hard sell. Not super hard. But if, if, if you can spare anything, it's always much appreciated. and uh, We love you guys for it. So even just uh, again, a, even just a dollar. <laughs> Yeah, even just a buck. Uh, Patreon.com slash leaving a legacy. And that's that's the sell on that, Jerry. I think that's that's it, man. Uh, one other thing I did want to say is because I was actually th- I wanted to bring this up because it's not something I really think of. And I feel I this is kind of common for magic players in general. But, um, you know, talking to Michelle, uh, who runs gaming, et cetera, and runs the uh, the, the tournament for leaving a legacy. Um, one thing that you can actually do to help the store out that most people don't think about is sell cards to the store totally yeah um you know talking to michelle like you know the the last leaving legacy event you know lost a little bit of money which you know she's fine with because you know she she loves the community she does a lot for the community and you know she mostly wants to give people a place to play Mm -hmm. but one way that that can really be offset for stores is selling them cards and that didn't like cross my mind because the idea of like selling cards to a store is like you're taking money away from the store. Mm. <laughs> so it doesn't feel like you're helping the store at all. But like Michelle was saying, it's like, no, like that's that's huge. Yeah. Being able to like buy cards 
uh, from players that they can then go and like fill out their inventory and, you know, make sure they then have cars to turn around and sell to other players. Like that's what makes running events worth it to them. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not just like the dollar amount, which I mean, obviously they, they would love to run a profit if, if possible, but really a big draw for hosting events is, is being able to fill out their inventory. So uh, if you're coming to the leading legacy open and you have a stack of cards that you keep meaning to, you know, buy list somewhere and you keep not getting around to it, or you're like me and you have a stack of cards that you're like, you know what, I'm going to list these all up on eBay. You know, I'm just going to get around to it. And it's nine months later. Yeah. And that's, that stack is dusty. Yep. You know, just be honest with yourself and just take that stack to, uh, to gaming, et cetera, and, and sell it at the tournament because because yep. that goes a long, long way to helping the stores out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, please, please do that because it, it it really does make a difference. Nice. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. That's uh, all good ways to help your local game store. Hell yeah. But awesome. Other, other that we'll see y'all on uh, June 25th. Yeah. Uh, I believe the sign up website is set up. Uh, check the show notes. If you see a link to sign up, it means the website is set up. Mm-hmm, if you mm-hmm. don't see a link, uh, check back next week and we'll get that up for you. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. Uh, Jerry, you have any scoops and poops this week? Uh, scoops and poops. I do have uh, scoops and poops, Pat. Uh, I was in New York uh, this weekend. Mm-hmm. So definitely big scoop to uh, New York cuisine. I, uh, I checked my uh, my bucket lists off. Uh, so I got my uh, my pastrami sandwich from Cat's Deli, uh, which is a famous place. Uh, I got my bagel and locks. Uh, I got my traditional New York pizza pie. Oh, God, uh, that was I don't know what that <laughs> accent was, but all right. You know, handmade. Where'd hand you go tossed. to Sabaro's, Jerry? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my favorite pizza place, Pizzeria Regina. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was this uh, this really good handmade pizza. I was actually at a brewery in. Oh, uh, yeah, I was in like uh, uh, Queens. And I forget the name of the brewery, but there was this guy like doing like hand tossed pizzas and like cooking mm-hmm. them in a little oven in, in the brewery. And like, it was amazing. Like I got like uh jamon and caprese pizza, like mm-hmm. oh, so good. So Is that good. just ham and ham and salami, Jerry? Can you just say ham and salami? It's fancy, Pat. Okay. It's just want to make sure. Just want to make sure we're talking about the same thing. That's all. <laughs> uh, so definitely big scoop into uh you know the new york food scene and all my friends that i uh, i saw there uh and then big poop on uh just the new york subway it is literally somalia it is like <laughs> the wild wild west in the new york subway i don't think i realized what i was getting into when i decided to drunkenly wander onto the new york subway at 1 a.m which <laughs> admittedly probably my fault but uh yeah it was uh it was definitely a fear for my life type situation so uh, poops on the New York subway after 1 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> like, I swear to God, there were Somalian pirates. They're just like raiding, raiding the uh, the subway trains. Yeah, well, you were, were, you, were, you, were you upset that uh, they, no, you know, never mind. We'll just, <laughs> um, uh, how about you, Tony? Who do you want to scoop in the top eight this week? Um, I'd like to scoop in my local game store, ELD's Time Vault Games. Hell yeah. Uh, on the 22nd this month, he'll be running a Team Unified Legacy event. That's in Bellingham, Massachusetts. Yield these Time Vault games. You ever done a, uh, a Team Unified Legacy? I have not. Yeah. Sounds awesome, though. There's three Legacy seats. It is and that's awesome. like uh, you share a place out of all the cards from the format, correct? 
Right. Yeah, yeah. So it's four four cards between the three decks. Yeah. So that's wild. Like if, if everyone wants to run force of will, you know, one person gets two and the other people get one each. So you so like <laughs> so storm must just be a great deck. Like your your version of storm must be a great deck for that, right? Uh yeah. I mean there there is some crossover. Like, you know, I am using up some of the soul land slots. Sure. There's a few things, but for yeah. the most part, yeah, it's a it's a it's a good spot to be in. Nice. Well, I, I'm sure I don't want to give away your uh, your partners or anything like that. But despite being a blue red deck, you actually can, you know, team up with like something like blue red Delver quite easily because the only kind of double up you're running is that single volcanic island. So yep. and now all you have to find is like some chump playing like Maverick and you're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I think I think one of my teammates is playing lands and the other is playing some sort of blue soup. Good stuff. Always, always like uh, Eric and I, you know, ELD games. I haven't been there in a while, but it's a great store as well. I love going to their events. It is. <laughs> awesome. What about you, Pat? Ah, I'm good. You good? <laughs> um, I did find the uh, the link for the LIL Open. Uh, it is live, so you can, uh, it'll be in the show notes that I'm sending out. Awesome. Sweet. So yeah, check the show notes, guys. If you want to pre-register for the LA Open June 25th, uh, really, really pumped. Uh, I don't know what the post-COVID tournament scene is like, but I'm really hoping that we uh, hit a 5K, if not higher. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure people are are dying for a legacy game. So it, it would be go. sweet. I mean, I don't I don't want to I don't want to jinx it, Pat. But if we could hit a 10K, like that would be sweet. That would be awesome. Because uh, Gaming Center definitely has the space for it. Uh, Gaming Center has a huge totally. amount of play space, yeah. lots and lots of. You tables. can't tell when you're in there too, because like the main room is the main room is like big, but then they have these double doors that open into like cavernous extra areas of the, <laughs> of the place. So I, I went to like Gaming Center for I think probably like two or three years before I ever saw those double doors open. Because usually they're closed. Because you know there's no point having yeah. them, having that space. Yeah. And then they open it up like, oh wow, it's like an entire second store in this other room yes. that's just full of gaming tables. <laughs> yep yep so definitely have the spots definitely have the room we just need people to show up and play and every person who registers you know that that uh that entry fee goes to boosting the prize pool yep absolutely awesome well tony thanks for coming on this week man it was good to have you and uh and chat about the epic gamble and uh and i hope we see you at the uh, the next LL open man that'd be that'd be sweet yeah thanks hopefully taking home some hardware too i would like to see that as well <laughs> yeah that'd be nice oh do you mind if i plug a little bit no yeah, no, no go, go ahead go this for is the place to do it um so i'm on twitch youtube i stream a, a a fair amount and i probably put a few videos out a month on youtube but uh as well as that if you go on the epicstorm.com uh i've written a couple articles one on the old deck the epic ruby storm and then this i just finished uh, an article a couple months ago so it's it's quite fresh it's almost the exact list that i'm running now there's you know one or two differences but check that out nice Awesome. All right. Well, that's it for this week, guys. Uh, Thanks for hanging out. Uh, Check out the Patreon again if you can, and we'll catch you all next week. Bye. Bye.